Hi, Online Church family. I'm so glad that you could meet with us here. We're about to go into a preach that I delivered recently, and I really hope this blesses you, it inspires you, it takes you further in your walk with God. That's my heart for you as you watch this. And if it really does bless you, why don't you go ahead and share it with someone who you think needs to hear it? Uh, make sure you click like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our messages here that we upload weekly. And um, jump in the chat so we can connect with you as well so you're not a stranger. So sit back and enjoy. I hope that you get blessed. All right, Ephesians, as we get into the word. Ephesians 4, Paul says this, Let him who stole steal no longer. If you are in a habit of theft, please stop it. Okay? Please stop it. Rather, let him labor. Get a job. Simple, right? That might be all some of us needed to hear this morning. Stop stealing and get a job. Thank you, Jesus. That's the end of the service. Working with his hands what is good, that he, and this is, this is the crunch point, that he may have something to give who, to him who has need. So who can understand that the point of that scripture is not to tell everyone to stop stealing and get jobs, okay? The point of that scripture, unless that is the point for you, in which case, take note. But really the point of the scripture is that we would establish lives that we have enough to share with those who have need. That's the point. And that is the heart of God and that is the heart of faith, love, hope. And so that we would have something to give. It's the more than enough principle. Because enough only speaks of my need. Lord, I just want enough to get by. And I believe if our prayers are filled with those sorts of prayers, then possibly that is the most selfish way you could possibly live. Just looking after what I need. God actually wants us to have more than enough, not so that we can show off and brag, but so that we have enough to give to someone who has need. That is the space. More than enough is the faith space. More than enough is the obedience space. If you're only asking God to meet your needs, you, don't he doesn't you can't be obedient. You've got nothing else to give. But if you've got more than enough and God asks you to give, that requires obedience, requires faith, and that is the heart of heaven. So more than enough so that we can outwork what God has called each one of us to do. Why? What's the why behind the what? So the crunch of our uh, teaching is out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If you have a heart to understand kingdom finance, this is a great chapter for you to read. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, which has no idea about the kingdom of heaven. They are what we would call pagan. They come from a pagan worldview, a pagan idolatrous mindset and they're being converted and so it actually all of first and second corinthians will remind you a lot of our day and age and you'll stop sort of saying oh the world these days and realize it was always a mess and it was always like this but in second corinthians 9 he's specifically addressing the area of finance i'd encourage you to read it and that's what we're teaching out of today the why behind the what in second corinthians 9 verse 6 Paul says to the new believers in Corinth, Now remember this, 
He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Farming term. He who sows generously, that blessing may come to others, will also reap generously and be blessed. It's the sowing and reaping principle. And it goes right back to Genesis where God says, as long as the earth remains, there will always be day and night, winter and summer, sowing and harvest. There'll always be sowing and harping, sowing and reaping. And, you know, other religions have called it all sorts of things, you know, karma. It's all counterfeit. It was God's original concept, sowing and reaping. What you put in is what you get out. But Paul takes it to another level and he says, so yeah, what you put in is what you get out. But let's actually look at that. If you sow sparingly, what does that mean? If you're stingy with your sowing, then your harvest will be very, very small. But if you're generous with your sowing, then your harvest will be generous. And so he's talking about this why behind the what. So it's not actually just what we sow but it's how much we sow and the attitude we sow it with. A stingy attitude, a begrudging attitude has a limited harvest, but a generous uh, attitude has a generous harvest. If you sow generously and with a God God heart, things change. My sowing puts God first. My sowing changes someone else's life. My sowing opens the windows of heaven and I reap generously. I get blessed and so does everyone around me. And he goes on in verse seven, I love this. Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, which is why we've talked about this for the last four or five weeks. Because we don't just turn up on Sunday and go, oh, that's right, it's faith, love, hope. It's the first weekend of June. I better just tip God. No, we've talked about it and we've prayed about it at home. We've, we've meditated on God. What is it that you would have me bring to your altar, to your kingdom, to my generation? And so we've purposed. We've purposed what we're going to give and we come with that purpose and intentionality in our hearts. Just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly, there that word is again, not grudgingly. Church, if you're giving today with any sense of a grudge, please don't give at all. Please don't. And not under compulsion. If you're feeling guilted or shamed into giving, please don't give. Better not to. Because God doesn't want us to give grudgingly or under compulsion. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. And he delights in the person whose heart is in their gift. Isn't that beautiful? Can you just imagine God delights in the person whose heart is in their gift? A person who comes intentionally, purposefully, having decided, having heard, in obedience, and then not only grudgingly out of obedience because I did hear God and I did plan it, but no, with expectation and joy. And I can't wait to bring this. Whatever it is, it's not a dollar amount. 
It's the reason we give that God cares about. And so it does good, and it will not harm you or make you poorer. I will never be less forgiving. I will never be less because I gave. I'll be less with poor money management, but I will never be less because I was generous. Generosity is a spiritual principle that leads to increase. We'll get into that a little bit later. So let's look at what our collective giving achieves. Here in City Point, you may or may not know that we're a global movement. City Point Church has 10 locations around the world. Six of them are here in Brisbane. We have locations in New Zealand, America, and Bulgaria. And, um, and so right around the world, we have projects all around the world, and we're doing amazing different things everywhere. But here specifically in Brisbane, did you know that we help the victims of domestic violence in our city, right across our city? We give furniture, white goods, clothing, food. We provide counseling services and connection to victims of domestic violence. At Christmas time, we as a church give out two and a half thousand hampers. Two and a half thousand homes. Can you even fathom that? In our city, City Point Church alone, and there are many churches that do this, just imagine our city being saturated with the love of God at Christmas time. Two and a half thousand homes. I love imagining it as a mother. I love imagining what it would be like in that position, sitting around with my children, a hamper that has been given to our family. And this is not just like, you know, a box of Cocoa Pops. This hamper is enormous. I mean, it's going to keep them going well beyond Christmas. Two and a half thousand of those at Christmas. That's just at Christmas time. Every single week across our city, more than three tons of food is given away. Every week, more than three tons of food is given away through our locations. We give out hampers here. We give out hampers at our locations every single week. You do that. Did you know you did that? You do that every week. We have the Ivory Project. And I'm so proud that this year we were able to initiate it out of our location. So it was originated out of the Brisbane location in Carindale. This year we were able to pick it up and now it runs out of our location. Ivory Project is present in the maternity wards of our hospitals. So now in Redcliffe and Caboolture, as well as the Mater Hospital, we provide packs, two packs to each mum. One is for her and one is for her baby. And this pack is filled with what she needs in the hospital stay and the first few weeks after the stay. These packs are given to women who are high risk, who are disadvantaged. I mean, when I had my children, my hospital bag was packed weeks beforehand and it was enormous. I had, I bought myself a new pair of pajamas, several new pairs of pajamas. I bought, you know, the magazines, I brought the lip balm, I bought all the things, and then I packed for the baby. And the baby had multiple color options for beanies. That's just the beanies. 
but then there were onesies and socks and all the rest of it. There are mums in our city who have nothing. And they literally come in and deliver a baby and they come in with just the clothes on their back. Some of them are drug dependent. Some of them have caught issues around their lives. They literally have nothing. And we say, no strings attached, have everything you need. Did you know you did that? Did you know you did that? Marketplace and community care, we run run programs and courses. Internationally, we have a rescue home in Cambodia that rescues girls as young as five from being exploited sexually. I've been there. I've held hands with the six-year-old girl who had a career on the red light district. I have held her hand. I have braided her hair. I've sat with her and her sister, her older sister, who's pregnant at the age of 13. I've been there, touched them, sat with them, sung worship with them, ate with them, did crafts with them. And in the last 10 years, we have rehabilitated over 100 of them. We bring them in, we rescue them, we literally rescue them out of pits and bring them into our home, which has lots of beds. And I want to tell you, this home is beautiful. It's not like some old orphanage that you might picture in your mind, like I would live there. It's beautiful. And they have everything they need, they're educated, they have all the counselling, all the medical, all the food, everything, Um, uniforms, books. You do that. You do that internationally. We have a ministry in Africa that um, builds churches and evangelizes and healing crusades and evangelistic crusades. We have a church in Bulgaria that is currently in the throes of the Ukraine-Russian conflict. So we have sent countless, well not countless, but we have sent thousands of dollars over to them to buy vans And the vans cross the border into the Ukraine several times a week, delivering food and emergency resources, clothes, blankets, but also back in the nations surrounding the Ukraine where the refugees are fleeing to, we're also feeding them. You did that. Did you know that? Did you know that you cared for a little Ukrainian refugee this week? I bet you didn't know. Well, now you do. City Point itself, we have the Red Frogs program, and many of you have heard of Red Frogs, which is in the schoolies program every year. Schoolies right around the world, thousands of volunteers who give up their own annual leave to clean up vomit, to make breakfast, to tidy apartments, and to be there just before a schoolie is going to take their life, be assaulted. Because of red frogs, rape has gone, the rates of rape at schoolies has gone down significantly. Because of uh, red frogs, the rates of suicide at schoolies has gone down significantly. We are now recognized around the world as the leading instigator of these positive moves in the schoolies week. And schoolies was birthed out of City Point Church. You did that. But they're also in universities, and universities are even bigger. The university program is bigger than the schoolies program. 
And so red frogs are there week in, week out in universities because we all know university is a cesspool. And it's okay to admit it because it's real life and it's terrible and it needs intervention. And guess what? You're there. Did you know you were there? In the middle of university culture, the amount of salvations, transformations we've seen because of red frogs. Why? Because we sow... We put a bottle of water in their hand that they can give away, a red frog that they can give away at schoolies, a shirt on their back, training, a marquee at a festival. That was you. You did that. You did that. We have locations all around, and so Colorado needs a new building because they're turning people away every Sunday. Um, Nashville's developing their building, Bulgaria, more vans, more food, Auckland renovations. But here at Redcliffe, you will have seen this. And if you haven't, I encourage you to take it, please, and pray through it. Join in faith. This is what we've put together just for our location. And I need to stress, this is actually only Capital Works. We are still completely involved in all the community stuff. This is just Capital Works. And so for the first time ever, because people often ask, what, what, you know, what are we believing for? Well, there it is. There it is. So if any one of you have, has a cool three million lying around, I'm very happy to receive that in any form. Please don't be shy in coming forward. I'm happy to receive it and just call it a day. We're all good. <laughs> but um, this is what we're believing. I'm not promising this. I'm saying this is, this is what we're believing for. And as a church, it's up to us. It's, up, it's actually up to us, this. Um, because no one else is going to fund this but us. And uh, the cool thing is um, that the annex building, which we put at the bottom because I thought we'd have to work up towards it, I feel like that might be the first thing that gets done. Because um, we have a certain Dustin Pereira who's overseeing the project. He's like, why did she say my name? Um, <laughs> He's South African, and everything needed to be done last week. And so he's overseeing the project, and he's rushing things through and getting everything, you know. Imagine. Imagine if, like, the big-ticket item was the first thing that we got done because we as a church just went, yep, we're in it. What is the Annex building? It's a community building. It will be a place where our youth can meet. There'll be a gymnasium. There'll be offices. There'll be a smaller auditorium for our kids and our youth. Um, on the front corner of this property, but it's up to us. So that's, that's that. That's what our corporate giving goes toward, all those things around the world and right here in our local community. So I've decided to live ready and willing for whatever God's doing. I kind of wake up every morning with the suspicion that God is up to something. He's actually up to something. And so instead of where Wally, I'm like, Where's Jesus? I'm looking for the Holy Spirit everywhere. He doesn't wear a red and white shirt. I wish he did. But I live in a way where I'm ready and willing, and I have buffers and margins in my life so that I can respond when he moves. And that is the more than enough principle. Having buffers and margins, and the heart of this eye, the sneaking premonition that God's up to something, and I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready whatever that might be. So in verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 9, he goes on, Paul goes on, and he says, this is awesome. If you are in a place of fear around your giving or doubt, this verse is for you. 
God is able. Can you say that? God is able. God is able to make how much? How much? How much? God is able to make all grace, which is favor and blessing, come in abundance to you. As if all wasn't enough, he's also saying it's abundant. He's able to make all grace come in abundance to you so that you may sometimes. No, so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him, and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. And it is written and remains forever written that he, the benevolent and generous person, scattered abroad and gave to the poor and his righteousness endured forever. If you want to leave a legacy, this is the way to do it. If you want to be written into the annals of time, generosity is the way to do it. Generosity is the way to do it. So it seems to me that giving is not about the church trying to get money from me. Giving is about God trying to get something to me and through me. Right? God's plan is always more and not less. And giving is the conqueror of lack. If I live in lack, I can't be the hands and feet of Jesus. I need to get beyond lack and need into God's over and above, over and abundantly and beyond anything. We, could. we know the scriptures. Do we believe them? But giving is the pathway out of lack because nothing's going to challenge a poverty mentality like generosity. Nothing's going to challenge a lack mentality like generosity. Nothing's going to discipline your wallet like generosity. Where you say, no, I will not be limited. I will give the way my unlimited God says to give. And God, his answer is life and life more abundant. I love this verse. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 as we go on. And he, God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for food, will, multiply, will provide and multiply your seed for sowing. That is your resource. And increase the harvest of your righteousness, which so shows itself in active goodness, kindness, and love. Let me break it down. There's sowing and reaping. You sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. Sow generously, you'll reap generously. But also we then need to recognize that it's God who provides the seed to sow and the bread to eat. I think we fall in a trap when we think we own anything. We don't. God provides the seed and the bread. We don't actually own anything. The Bible tells us that the earth and all its fullness belongs to God. I don't own my breath because God owns the air. I don't own time because God allowed me to wake up this morning. I don't own 
my property because God gave me the skills and abilities to develop myself and build my life. He supplies and we just get to use it. It's his anyway. So the question really shouldn't be, how much should I give at Faith, Love, Hope? The question should really be, how much should I keep? There's this <laughs> funny story, this woman at a cafe shop, and um, busy, bustling cafe, and she's a little bit flustered. And so she came in and she quickly, you know, got on the line and got to the counter and ordered her coffee and a bicky. And who admits that those choc chip biscuits at cafes are next level, right? The size of your face, they were awesome. So she got her coffee and a biscuit and it was a busy cafe and so she noticed there was one seat available at one of those tables for four, but there was already a man sitting there, but it was so busy, she went over and she's like, do you mind if I just sit on the corner of this table? He's like, sure, that's fine. So she sat down and just, oh, you all know what it's like. Okay. And she started drinking her coffee and eating a biscuit and the man looked up at her from what he was doing and smiled and then took a bit of the biscuit and ate it. And she's like, what are you doing? You know, if you were three years old, you'd snatch the biscuit away and it's my biscuit. But now that we're adults, we have a little bit more social etiquette. So she was like, okay. She had some of her biscuit and carried on with what she was doing. And every now and again, he would just look up at her and smile and take some of the biscuit. She's like furious, furious. So anyway, they finished the biscuit. She got up and snatched all her things and stormed out of there. And as she was going to the car and rummaging through her bag for her car keys, she found her biscuit. So the whole time she had been eating his biscuit. And he was very graciously sharing it with her. Do you know that's exactly what we're like with God? We think it's ours. It's actually not. It's like when you take your kids out, you know, for fast food, and you're like, can I have one of your fries? No, it's mine. You little punk. I paid for that. <laughs> what do you mean it's yours? That's exactly what we're like with God. Hey, I want you to give this much towards the kingdom of God and your generation. No, it's mine. Is it? He provides seed to sow and bread to eat. The important thing is that we realize everything he has given us has a seed portion. He's kind enough to let us have the rest, but there's a seed portion of everything we have. There's a seed portion of our time. There's a seed portion of our career. There's a seed portion of our car usage. There's a seed portion of our finance. There's a seed portion of our gifts and talents. There's a seed portion of everything that God gives us. And it's really important that we don't eat our seed. Eat the bread, which he's given you too, but sow the seed. Sow the seed into kingdom purposes, which is always someone else's benefit always someone else's benefit. That is your seed to be given away. 
Why? This is the ultimate why. 2 Corinthians 9.11 And you will be enriched in every way. We know this, it's a principle. You'll be enriched in every way so that you may be more generous. And this generosity administered through us is producing thanksgiving from those who benefit from it. We give, it benefits someone else, and that someone else gives glory to God. Unmistakably influence our world for good and for God because it moves in that direction. You do good and God gets glorified. You do good and God gets glorified. So it's administered by us, the local church. It will bring about thanksgiving in those around us who are touched and healed and fed and transformed and set free. And so we give generously, not grudgingly, not out of compulsion. We give out of hearts of thanksgiving and expectation.